1: to be back. Glad to have you back. This is my man, Jamal. And a lot of y'all have come to my Instagram page by way of him because he is... Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, right? Because every day somebody thanks you for sending them to my page. So he's down with Joe Button's podcast, right? And one day I wrote a piece on Biggie and you know, this is my guy, but I don't—I didn't really ask him to do anything for me, but I guess whatever I wrote moved him in a way, and he read it on the show. A large response. A lot of people came to my page because of that, and they still thank him now, so glad to have you, brother. Amen. Took you a long time to get here, but he's here. <laughs> and off to my right, this is my man Sean Minot. <laughs> yeah, relation to the famous Jamaican singer Sugar Minot. And um, I'm doing that accent because he's Jamaican. All right? This is a good guy. Love this dude to death. Um, and the premise of this episode is to touch on something that's really near and dear to me. Um, it hits home because I've been to prison, federal prison, about 15 years ago now. I did five years. And what happened to me was so strange that I look back at a lot of kids in my community and all over New York that are running around doing crime, they have no idea what's waiting for them, right? So it's like you're running around with a gun. And if it's picked up by the state, it's this amount of time. And it's mandatory, three years, right? If it's picked up by the federal government, it's 37 months. You don't know that, right? And they're running around doing all this crime, right? But there's so many other things, layers underneath that. So let's say a kid gets caught with a gun, right? It's a federal charge, the feds pick it up. Automatic 37 months. But now he's going to court with a lawyer that hasn't told him, you know, have you been convicted of any other crimes prior to this gun charge? If it's yes, every conviction is a two-point enhancement. So he'll never get 37 months for a gun. And he don't know that. Did you know that? You didn't know that. That's crazy because you've been in the system, right? He's going to court and he's like, I'm going to plead out the 37 months. When he gets in front of that judge... That judge looks at his criminal history, and every prior conviction is a two-point enhancement. Might be a year, might be two. So that 37 months turns into 10 years for a gun. It's the craziest shit ever, right? But these kids running around don't know that, which is why it's very important for guys like you to come on and tell your story, you know? So uh, I met this guy through Little C's, the rapper, right, that was down with Biggie. And, you know, C's is cool, it's a Brooklyn thing, and I walked in on a restaurant, they were eating. And um, they were sitting with the owner of the restaurant, and I sat in, spoke to C's, and I looked at him, and it was something about this guy that seemed interesting. I didn't know what yet. And I didn't find out that day, but we connected after that. And then he sent me news clippings. On his story. Yeah. Can
2: to elaborate? Yeah, um, I was 17 years old mm.
3: and I, I was getting in trouble in Brooklyn so my mother, she basically threatened me to go stay with my father in Mount Vernon. Mm. So I went out to Mount Vernon and I started doing good in school but being I was from Brooklyn, I stood out. Mm. So everyone from Mount Vernon, you know, they're they trying to figure out the Brooklyn kid, like what's going on. And it was these guys that basically I found out later used to bully kids from junior high school before. I'm from Brooklyn, you can't bully (laughs) And they tried it and I ended up having to fight with one of them, I beat the kid up. Didn't like it, he didn't like it. He came around by my my father's house and they fought me every day while I was suspended from school. I fought a different face every day. (laughs) So my father, he turned around. and He said, "You know, he's 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 a, um he's he's Jamaican. He came from Jamaica with one purpose. He's one of the top CPAs in the U.S. Period. Um, and his thing is, you know, I didn't bring you up here today. So he called he called the police and made a complaint or whatever. Now the next day after the, after I guess Monday that Friday, I fought from Monday to Friday." Monday was the day we were supposed to have a mediation at school. Mm-hmm. So I went to the school. We went to school. My father said, I got to go to work. So I'm going to leave you here. The kid's mother actually worked in the school. So they didn't want to wait for her to come. My father didn't want to wait until she came. I told my father, I said, listen, if you leave me here, I'm going to hurt one of these dudes badly. He left me. He said, go to, go to class. I went to my accounting class and Unbeknownst to me, this was something that was plotted from over the weekend because kids in my class left out. And, you know, I'm not thinking that. I'm like, man, I don't even know these guys. No, they left out early. When class was over, Over, I literally had the entire school looking at me, <laughs> walking down the hall. And then I see the mob of the dudes. We end up getting on, you know, fighting, whatever. They stabbed me in my hand, in my face. And in the midst of all of that, I end up putting one of them down. When I when the police came and they arrested me and took me to the um, precinct, they t- they never told me I was I was under arrest for homicide. I'm 17 at the time. By the time they told me it was about 10 o'clock at night, they didn't got statement from me, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm not thinking nothing about no murder or nothing like that. They arrest me, they lock me up. Um, they they tell me that I'm I got first degree murder. So, you know, to me, I'm like, I didn't come over with my Vernon to kill nobody. Like? I went through the trial. I ended up blown trial. They gave me five years. The judge gave me five years probation, right? Even after the fact that in the midst of that, I moved back to Brooklyn. So during my trial, I moved back to Brooklyn. So, so,
1: so wait, a minute. wait a minute. So this was, you got five years
3: probation. I got five years probation with a YO. So it, it, it was would erase my record right. for, the, for the murder. But well, I blew child the manslaughter, let me correct that. I beat the murder and they, I blew child the manslaughter. I was facing up to twenty five years for that. Mm. The jury during their deliberation wrote a letter to the judge to be lenient on me. Because you know, New York State doesn't have no self-defense laws. It's only justifiable homicide. I didn't right know now. that. Yeah. Only ju- I learned that then. Mm. I'm thinking they're gonna bury me and give me life in jail. He he twisted it. Nobody never knew, even my uh, DA, Janine Perro um nobody knew that he would be able to give me probation. This was actually the first time it ever happened.
1: So so wait a minute. So now, because if you if you were jumped by a mob of kids mm-hmm. at 17 mm-hmm. and you got stabbed first, yeah. right? Which means the knife wasn't yours. No. And then the, the knife dropped, and you defended yourself. And 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 as a result of that, someone ended up losing their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that is clearly self-defense, self-defense, right? So let me ask you this: After that happened, like what? What about you changed? You understand what I'm saying? Because because yeah, you ended up with the five years probation, mm-hmm. right? You didn't go do time mm-hmm. on that, right? And prior to being jumped in school and stabbed, you were on your way to your accounting class. I was inside my class. Cool. Yeah. So then you get off on that, and then you catch another charge in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, so my thing to you is something must have changed. About the way you, about your, with your thought it's, process and how you felt. It's more, it's more like I give
3: up, like trust. You know what I mean? As a kid, I'm 41 now, so that was over 20 years. It's over 25 years ago. My thought pattern now being that I went to school, got my degree, and everything. Back then, I feel like you put you, you send your kids to school, right? For the teachers, look out for them. So, yeah, it's, it's a different type of trust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I trusted the system to say, you know what? They're not going to let anyone hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when all of that happened and then you got they let a whole school testify against me and say, some people said that I had a gun. <laughs> yeah, I had, I, it's testimony of people saying, oh, well, when, what kind of weapon was it? Oh, he had a three eighty. They had the Get them off the stand. Like the trust. That's that's what changed with me. Right. I started looking at certain people differently because now, as a kid, you taught you know you respect your elders. You do that. I started looking at everybody crooked. Man. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at you funny. And then not only that, you put me in a jail with all these dude friends. One fight. I, I left that part. Out. I'm fighting every day. To the point they they literally had to put me, place me in protective custody because I wouldn't go.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They move me upstairs with the grown-ups because they're in an adolescent, I'm fighting every day. Every time I sell lock, lockout open, I'm I'm looking to fight. Right. And I used to do a little boxing in the gym on gates in summer, so I know how to handle myself. Mm-hmm. You got you and then in Mount Vernon and they 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 bros, they fight. Mm-hmm. So we get it on every day. I don't trust nobody. My trust is what changed. So,
1: so, all right. You catch these two charges, you go to jail on the second one. Mm-hmm. How much time in total did you do on that?
3: I did um, all together. I did three years. Okay. Because my um, my father was relentless on my appeal.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now this is the funny thing while I learned while I was in there, and you got all the jailhouse lawyers in here, you know, trying to tell me what to do. I'm going and reading on stuff myself, myself. Right. even though my father and, and my lawyer Todd Greenberg, they they they, was, they were great they, were, they wouldn't let up they submitted my appeal the first time um, I probably was locked up after I got my own I seen the board and gave me 24 months hold that appeal got shut down there's a lawyer, a public lawyer that I'm going to partner with on your case I'm going to submit the appeal again now mind you they did it they submitted it I was released from the box they, they just came and packed me up and let me go. i thinking it's a joke. When I got out, my mother was there waiting. Everyone knew I was coming out except me. So they showed me the newspaper clip and how they leasing me or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I, 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 when I got home, I looked through my paperwork and everything. And I realized he never changed not one word. The only thing he did was add the lawyer's name on my appeal. I still, I still look at it to this day. Like,
1: you know, I look mm-hmm. at it and I go, I can't believe it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, 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 uh damn. So you went to jail before you finished school? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. I, I got my GV before I actually went, went, went gotcha. to jail.
1: But you would have had this not happened, you mm-hmm. would have stayed in school. Stayed in school. Graduated, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. So after coming out, how did you get your life together? Like, like, and how long did it take you to mm-hmm. a transition back into society where you're actually making money, holding a good job, mm-hmm. and supporting your family? Did you have kids before you left? I had a son. I had a son and a daughter. Okay. A so, so, and then the building process, building the relationship back with your kids. Yeah, my own... My oldest son,
3: his mother used to come visit me as much as she could until she couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my wife today. Okay. But we grew up together. But my daughter, she, I had her by another female, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's 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 up it's up and down because I wasn't really in contact with her because I'm in jail. I sent them toys from jail and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's certain things I tried to do.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's like you can't can, yeah, you can only I'm locked up. Yeah. So this whole thing just kind of like it disrupted is, your yes. whole life. It really did. How long did it take you to get the job that you have mm. at the building department mm-hmm. and enroll in college because you actually ended up with a degree in communication. Communication, yep. From on um, what um
3: I went to the college of New Rochelle. I just graduated last year with my bachelor's in communication. Right. but I don't think the, it took me no lie, I came home 2000, so I enrolled in school in 2013 2013 so it took me about 12-13 years mm. before I was actually able to get some type of stable foot mm. and then what made it worse was even though I had they, they had it was a double jeopardy, that's what my appeal was in, double jeopardy even though they reversed everything and they gave me back the probation, and I got the UFO offender. It's not supposed to be like held against me. I, I, it was hard for me to gain employment because if you Google my name, <laughs> right. everything comes up. Mm-hmm. So even 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 me going to get certain jobs, it was by the skin of my teeth to say you know what they let me in. Let me see, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I hope I'll
1: be able to get right. So you were kind of like. A cripple, yeah. But you know, the thing is, it's like all of the guys that you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? And a lot of them we know in common, yeah. right? They still haven't figured still it out. Still haven't figured. It out. So because when I came home in 03 prior to me going away, all I did was music, mm-hmm. right? So what do you do when you come home? Mm-hmm. They put you in a halfway house for six months. You get a 12-hour pass, and you're told to go find a job.
3: Yeah.
1: Doing what? I didn't right. even know how to use the train. Right. Right?
3: Yeah, because there's no more tokens.
1: Yeah, train. and I didn't know. So and I'm saying I'm saying this because for the people that don't know, right? Like when we sit and talk, because we've been there, and your family's been affected by it. So right. you you were affected by it as well. Right. Right? Our communities are completely affected by it because we all know somebody. So, that went through it, right? So, for me, I was lost. You, I didn't even have an idea. I had nothing. So, you got this 12-hour pass. I'm in a halfway house with all these dudes that I don't want to right? And they all recognize me from music. And I'm like, you know, I'm stush. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I'm like, man, move, right? And a friend of mine gave me a job doing nothing because I had to have one. And if you didn't find one, oh, they would have sent you back. So there's nothing in place for anyone that comes home from jail. Sanitation, MTA, those are the two places, city jobs that hire you with a felony. felony. Everything else, you can't get it. Mm -hmm. Right? Or you have to get a A letter of clear Um, conduct or something like that. Yeah, it's some type of release or something like that. But the thing is, you know, if there was some place for me to go, right, where I could have picked up a trade, plumbing, electrician, something that would have paid me Mm -hmm. a great salary, right, where I could have afforded rent or Property to buy a property or something build my credit. There was nobody in place to teach you. So we're now the reason for this episode was to bring awareness to these two words that I keep hearing in my ear for the past week: prison reform. I'm like, the fuck is prison reform? Right. Like, what is that? So I googled it, right? And it said, I stopped. I read the first point, and one of the points was it changes 45 days of good time a year for clear conduct off, uh, it made sentence, to 54 days. (laughs) And I'm like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Right? Like, fuck prison reform. What about all these kids that's home now that will eventually be going to prison? Like, what prevents them from being locked up? They hustling, swiping, right? It's nothing for them to do. But... You see a guy like me, he'll tell you, I'm knee deep in the hood. Everybody listens to me, young, old. I pull up on you, and I already know what you're making from what you're not making, whether you're selling weed or coke. Mm-hmm. It's all stupid shit, right? You're throwing rocks at the penitentiary mm-hmm. going, yo, let me in, let me in, right. let me in, right? And I go, yo, listen, it's a program downtown on Decal, right? Go there, ask for this person and they're gonna enroll you in this program, paid training, and by the time you finish the program, you have an apprenticeship, and you can take that and get hired, right? And work under a licensed electrician, a licensed plumber, and you stand to make up to 80 an hour. Right. That's good, that's, that's good one. Who's not gonna stop selling that's, weed to do that? Do that. Yeah, that's great. Because if I pull up on somebody and give them that option, and you tell me no or you don't go, I can't fuck with you because you're a whole dummy. Right. Because all these kids that I talk to about jail, I tell them, yo, I left a bed for you. Like if you want to go, right? right? Yeah. Like yeah. don't don't prolong it. Right? Yeah. Go to the precinct steps, knock on the door, and, and go, yo, take bed. me, I'm here. Because you're on camera now. Right. Yeah. See, when we was running around, there wasn't no cameras. Yeah. Right? So they had to rely on rats mm-hmm. to tell. And then get on the stand and point out. Now you turn on News 12, yo, you looking at the dude that did the crime. And I'm like, what don't these kids see about that shit? Nigga, you on TV. Nigga, that's you. You know, so it's important. So for me to do any other episode outside of this, I couldn't do it. After hearing this shit for a week, I would have felt like a whole sucker, right? Not bringing awareness to this. And who better to talk about this than somebody that's been in there and somebody that's been in the music industry and somebody that's been in in the street Mm -hmm. on every level of this thing. So you're talking to every person Mm -hmm. because it happens. You know, in our community, you can get coke, you can get weed, you can get a gun faster than you get a job. Job. What the fuck is that? Like, That's ass backwards. That's being planted. And I didn't see it, and I fell for that shit. That's true. You know, so your life, you would have probably ended up where you are now years ago. Years ago. Years ago. And That's that true. one incident derailed you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it destroyed your life because you're married, you got kids. This dude, we're on the phone all the time. But I can't see the motherfucker, so I didn't think he was going to show up because he'd be in the love zone like Billy Ocean. Him and his wife do not leave. So she like, nigga, you did time, you're going to hang out with me every day. Yo, they walk to work together, they walk back together. I'm like, yo, dude, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, B, I, I need to holler at you. Like, tell somebody, put the somebody lead on the phone. I call him Billy Ocean. He's Billy Ocean on the low, right? But this is my guy. So when I heard his story, like, I, I knew it was something. And when I heard his story, I was like, man, I'm spot on. I'm always spot on. You and know. we don't even talk to the person that introduced us no, no more. We
3: don't. <laughs> we really don't. I don't really speak to these like that. He'll text me here and there, but, you know. But the, the funny thing is, right, Like that you asked him, you said, what happened? Like, what changed? Like, me me running around with my wife on the time. I look at it and go, you know what? I can trust her. Mm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. That's why I mentioned trust. Like it's certain people. He don't like nobody.
1: Right, right. I think I said he, that on the first he episode. <laughs> he don't like nobody. Right. I'm glad you so, hear it with somebody so else, right? It ain't so me. So when he met me and we we automatically clicked,
3: you had C's and everybody, like Rusty Jr. Mafia, one of my one of my cousins, my, my cousin is part of Junior mafia, Bruce. And Bruce was like, he likes you?
1: I said, yo, he's cool. Yeah. But you could smell, you could smell. The real air. I don't like no bullshit. Right. Yeah, but look, I
3: was saying that to say this, right? It was another situation. Remember I sent you the clip with the with Mary Murphy that yes. I Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. This kid in the Bronx went through a similar situation. Now you know when you look on um on, on the internet under to say if you have any comments, you know what I mean? So I commented and I left my name up there, you know, just right. I didn't really want to be on nobody's camera or nothing, because it was a bunch of people who left comments. Mary Murphy, I don't know exactly what I said. I said something to the fact that, oh, I went through the same thing. I prayed for, for him, and hopefully his mental state will still be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, is, I know it's not. Right. I just, you know, have right. hope. She reached out to me. She took, she, she took time to investigate and see who I was and everything and found
1: me. Yeah. And did a special. And did a special one. and came to my house. And did a special on me. Oh yeah, that was funny too. She showed the baby picture. Yeah. Wow, that was funny. Iron <laughs> I know it's a serious job, but that was a good picture. Like see, now that when I saw so that picture, good. I was that like, picture, wow, that picture, he was a nice kid. That that picture was me in Head Start
3: when I came from Jamaica, because my mother sent me down here when I was a you kid. You did
1: look baby. like a little Jamaican yeah, kid yes, in, you in said the picture man, There hey, you go. That's my <laughs> yeah. word. But this guy. You know, look, man, and I don't knock any other shows or any other, you know, platforms or topics. You do what you want. You know, that ain't me. You ain't me. You haven't gone through what I went through. And I still see these kids, and they listen to me, right? But how would you deter them from doing what they're doing if you have nothing else to offer them? Better than that. And they're like, yo, Sean, I'm eating, right. show me the way. I can't, because there's no way, mm-hmm. like there's no way. Mm-hmm. Every process is tedious, discouraging, long. You're talking about kids that haven't finished school. Mm-hmm. They probably don't test well. Right. So now you put them in, you get a chief. I sent them to get chiefs on Mondays, right? Where it has all the civil exams, mm-hmm. right? Or I go, how many of y'all in this room don't have a felony? Raise your hand. All right, perfect. You need to go get the chief now. Because if I didn't have a felony, man, I'd have been anything else. And I mean anything else. Because it's all about providing for your family, right? right? So now you see Cynthia Nixon, who I like, I checked out, Mm -hmm. right? Her aura seems cool. I know her from sex in the city. I'm listening to her. Prison reform comes out of her mouth. I'm like, all right, I was in prison. Right? Am I reformed? I don't know. I don't even know how that is going to... You're not speaking to me. If you don't speak to me, you haven't spoken to you. Mm -hmm. She ain't speak to you. Mm -hmm. And damn sure not them kids but they can vote. First time I voted was for Obama. When I found out that I could vote, it's not available knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's not common. Right? Right? Somebody said it to me. I was like, you sure? Yeah, I voted. He was in jail with me. I'm like, wow, I registered to vote. Mm -hmm. I voted. Yeah, it was (laughs) people in my neighborhood looking at me like, oh shit, you're voting. I said, yeah, I can vote. You was in jail? I said, yeah but I can vote, so you're looking at all these felons that can vote why you don't say anything to them these politicians Trump administration this, that, and the third I hear you, but it does not directly affect us it might affect the whole right? Obama, Eric Holder they changed the crack law three times right? and people were coming home Mm-hmm. And then this dude shuffled in and it stopped.
3: Oh, I come home.
1: Yeah, my man was up next. Scooter was up next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I seen they had put something up. Yo, man, he was up next. Yeah. And then Eric Holder and Obama broke out. I, you haven't heard anything else outside of that. Mm-hmm. But while they were there, that crack law changed three times. Right? So it used to be a gram of crack was equivalent to 100 grams of coke. You know why? Because crack was smoked in the black communities. Coke was a rich white drug. Unfair. How how was that? And that's what all these guys were sentenced on. Mm. So if my co-defendant got sentenced for the crime that he committed, he would have had 16 and a half years because I did the math. Mm -hmm. You know what he ended up with? 40 to life because of his prior convictions. What the fuck is that? Didn't I do time for that shit? Why is this right. enhancements at this sentence? Shit not have shit to do with me. Right. They told me, listen, and I called my lawyer one day. I just said, yo, man, you think I could beat this? Because I was going to trial. Mm-hmm. With on. He was like, no, come see me. Hung the phone up on me. Yo, he said, you either take five, or you take 35 in four days. So you wouldn't have, you would have never met me. You'd have never met me. We wouldn't be sitting here, be no behind the smoke, behind the, behind it, behind, behind the wall, <laughs> right? But a quick decision. There was no way to beat it. Four keys of cocaine, no evidence. Word of mouth. Just guys that said that I did that. See? And, and that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with federal law. Conspiracy. Okay? So now, I took five. Four days later, dog had 40 to life. Today, I visit him in Otisville in the jail that I was in. And we sitting there. And he still has his right to appeal because he didn't plead guilty. Okay. So when you right. plead guilty, guilty you, you give I up your right. right to appeal. Yes. you say, saying, I did, I did this. Give me that yes. time. I'm fine. I'm not coming back. I'm not complaining. Give me that nickel. Yeah. So they offered him 30. Nobody's going to take 30 years. He rolled the dice, but he still has his right to appeal. Gotcha. So he got a lot of time knocked off. Right? But he's not out the door. That's bullshit. It's a nonviolent crime. If you kill somebody, I mean, yo, man. But come on, man. You got dudes in there with six and seven and eight life terms for crap? The fuck? That's crazy. You, you understand what I'm saying? So prison reform. In order to, for that shit to affect you, you have to be in prison. Yeah. How about helping these kids to stay out of prison? What? Where's the program for them? A yeah. There you go. You go and the prison, same,
2: it's, a big, it's a big business. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Listen, the same thing that applies to these kids that ain't home doing shit applies to the dude that's coming home that ain't got shit to do. They're going to the same building to learn the same shit. Cause they all need to be gainfully employed. There's no gap to bridge. It's the same shit, but it's a revolving door. When I went to the counties in Virginia, I went to Richmond City Jail, which is the country Rikers Island. Wow. Uh, Farmville, Virginia, uh, two hours or an hour away from uh, Richmond City in Orange County. Yo, the soap, Bob Barker soap. Oh wow. Fuck me up. Because I used to watch The Price is Right. So I don't know if it's the same Bob Barker, but the soap said Bob Barker. Barker. I couldn't wash with that shit. I said, I'm not putting Bob Barker on my skin. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, where the fuck am I at? It was a a different experience. But it wasn't cool. And these kids think it's cool. So you see Bobby Schmurder, Boom. Made it. Wreck it. Ah. Jail. Fuck that. Like, how? Like, how? Ja Rule, successful, gun charge. Little Wayne, rich, successful, gun charge. Man, what the fuck? Mm. It's our community, right? And it's this false sense of bullshit. I'm tough, I'm this, I'm that. Because why would I sell a a million records and go get a gun that I'm not gonna, why? Right. It's like a security blanket, right? Linus used to ch- carry him <laughs> Charlie Brown. Because you got security. You got security yeah. What the fuck? Listen, I, you... Listen, he called me and it, it asked me to pull up on him in the stock. And I'm like, where? Kosciuszko something? I'm like, yo, said, dude, I I'm I far removed. Why am I going over there? Yeah, I'm not coming to the frying pan. Right? Like, why would I go over there? I, you know what I'm saying? As a man my age now, right. years ago, I'm like, yeah, I... I now, like, why are you over there? Like, I don't want to go over there. Why are you with your story, right? So I pull up. Man, and I let him have it because this is my God. I know what he's been through. I know what I've been through. Man, I don't want, I don't want to see him over there. Right. Not even around that. Man, sometimes you got to separate yourself from the people you used to like. Because you don't like those things no more. Y'all have nothing in common. Right. And it I, I took, took me forever. Yeah. Yo, he'll call me and he's hood central. He knows everything. He don't even go outside. He hears it. He'll call me and I'm like, yo, dude, that shit is depressing the fuck out of me. Can <laughs> you not <laughs> tell me that shit? Right. Like, I don't care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to have good thoughts. I'm thinking about this platform and just changing my whole way of thinking. You know I'm a whole clown when I'm ready. I'm out every open window. I don't care. Right. I can't now. Right. I don't want to be around that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to see it and I wish y'all all the best. Love y'all the But I've been that too long. I quit. I'm done. Right. Listen, I'm trying to get my friends home from jail. Trying to prevent these kids from going to jail. Cynthia Nixon, if you want to talk, holler at me because if you want to get uh, elected, right, you got to go through me. <laughs> because if you don't speak to these kids, it's not going to happen. Right. They're voting. They can't. Right. And they're not going to vote because they're not hearing anything not gonna, that pertains to them. Right. right? So you can go on a view, the chew, the this, the that, you know, the quaint fundraisers, and da, 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 da. That's cool. But what about them? Yeah, keep with so it. just like the LGBT community as it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Address them. Cannabis? Yes. People that like that shit, that smoke, want legal address. I don't smoke weed. Mm I don't smoke weed. It does not pertain to me. But I care about these kids. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to jail again. Fuck that. But I care about my friend's sons. Right. How old's your oldest kid? 22. Okay. Mine's is 25.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Man, my daughter's a cop. (laughs) I go to her graduation, run police plaza. We in there. And um, we're hugging, taking a picture, and she's like, Dad, you okay here? I'm like, uh, it's too late now because I'm here, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it took my idea that I'm here. Like, I wouldn't be here, but I'm here. It's cool. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But that's what it's about. It's about teaching these kids what's really cool yeah. and what's corny. Right. Mm-hmm. Jail is corny. That's, it's corny. Jail is corny. That's, it's corny. Jail is corny. So, you go in there, I don't know what you go in there to represent. Jail is corny. Yeah. Right? Because everybody and hood, in the
3: hood. around in circle. Yeah, they have. A,
1: everybody got kids. So, when you go, you leaving a baby home. And that's corny. That's corny. That hurt. And your dad is the top CPA, one of the top he CPAs?
3: In the U.S., yeah. He worked for Dean Witter like and other um, scientists. But you
1: see, stop right there. You think in his mind he was thinking that you was gonna go to school and catch that crazy no. ass charge and end up the way you ended up and taking this long to become the person that he wanted you to be in the first place? Because you could have followed his steps. You was going to your accounting class, your father's a CPA. What the fuck? Like what the fuck? Exactly what I was doing. The U-turn kills me. But that's the, the whole devil. If you ain't got shit on your mind. You're going to fuck somebody else's life up, like they tried to fuck yours up. Mm -hmm. Yo, we was in a restaurant one night. (laughs) True story. Mm -hmm. And it was the day after he graduated with his degree. Came to see me after he finished celebrating with his family. We were having a celebration of shots. Mm -hmm. Somebody disrespected me in the restaurant. Right away, his ears stand up like a German shepherd. Why? It's a familiar spirit. He gets busy. So do I. This clown? I had seen him too many times. So on this night, I said, you know what? He gonna feel his hands tonight. He looked. He said, big homie, what we doing? I said, we ain't doing nothing. I said, see Murphy's Law? That's the devil, man. You just graduated yesterday. Oh, this makes for a great story. Right. We killed a nigga together. He graduated the day before. Right. He's back in. Here comes Mary Murphy, right? <laughs> and then running your story back again where you started and go look. And a, he, hasn't yeah. he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's an animal. I right. told him, but still, he go, said, go, go home. Go home. He just, I'll call you later. It. And I called him later. Yeah. And we're gonna leave that story right there, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's true. But that's what it's about, and it's easy. That could have easily went another that's way. Could
3: have Yeah. Because Dude was being a whole <laughs> asshole. Like, Dude was just, just
1: too much. Right? And I couldn't believe it. That shit's missing me. He said, me. said nah, we're yeah. not doing that. Sent he said, just- because, and that's what your friend, listen, that's friends. if you yeah, got yeah. friends, yeah, yeah, and something happens and they go, let's go. Mm-hmm. They're, it's not all the time they're holding you down. It's not all the time they're there for you. That's your boy. This, that, that. That's bullshit. Right. Because you're both going to be in trouble. And most times, he'll get caught and go, come on out. Oh, they, man, got us. they got it. They got it. Right? Yeah, and he's telling on you to get out But all of that could be avoided. Right? If you are fucking with somebody that got some sense and that really cares about you, they're going to go, yo, man, go ahead. I sent the boom. Yeah. He did not want to leave. Man, he had to prize hands off the table. I sent them home. I had to go home. I didn't just graduate the day before. I wish I had his job and his degree. Right. You think I'm gonna have him, I'm gonna fuck his shit up? Why? I'm not doing that. That's my man. Right. right? Billy Ocean, he his wife would have never forgiven me <laughs> for sending Billy Ocean back to jail. <laughs> so he's in the love zone all day, right? So even with you, right? You've done a few things mm-hmm. above sea C- level, right? Mm-hmm. Which means legal, right? Right? And now you're on Joe Button's podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: How did that happen? I mean,
2: well, I mean, me and Joe, you know we've been kicking it for years. That's 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 my man. Um, and I had came I had came back to New York because I was uh, I was out in Detroit. One of my best friends, he was playing with the Pistons at the time, and then he ended up signing in New York. So when I came back to New York. Joe had hit me he was doing the podcast or whatever and he had he had hit me and he wanted me to just come on and uh, be a guest so I was like yeah I'll come through whatever kick it with y'all so went over there you know we kicked it and you know the show was going through a transition at that point because they had just you know one of the one of the members of the show had left you know it was just you know just differences they were having so I think Joe was trying to just still find a way for the show trying to fill it out and so you know, I went on the show, and the response was great. People loved it. He loved it. So the next week, he hit me. He was like, "Yo, you should come back on." So I'm thinking, like, I
1: just, just did it last week. Like, what you mean? He was like, "Yo, you know, people just love the conversation. They love the show." I was like, right. now, now wait a minute. So now I came up with Jay, Dame, and Biggs, right? Biggs is super private, super quiet. If you know, you know, and if you don't, it's whatever. This is his youngest brother. Okay. Right? And hip-hop is his other brother. So for him, I guess, you know, the thing would have been to work for a record company. Right, everybody else. Right, not at all. Right. Right, so I think he was doing that Joe Button's podcast before his brothers even knew what he was doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, they're all like super private, right? But weird. But even in his family and his friends, he knows a lot of ball players. Like you run into him in the clubs back in the days, he's always with some dude at seven feet. You like, yo, <laughs> I thought he was an agent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't know what he did. Right? But you know, you're no stranger to that street element. Oh yeah, not a girl. right. Right, and you still at home
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah, Yeah, so so even on the, the podcast, you kind of add that that down to earth element for them. Yeah, and
2: I think that's why it stuck because it was a, uh, um, you know, just throughout the years. I, I know Joe personally, so it's a different conversation. It's a different energy we could have. It's not rehearsed. It's not forced. Um, so the people just, I guess, they gravitated towards that. And like you said, I'm I'm super private. I'm always like in the cuts and So that was different for me doing that. Um, but yeah, it's something that worked out the people love. And you know, two years later, I I would like to, the people think it's the
1: best podcast out right now, which is you know, humbled and grateful for that. And um, yeah, we just rolling, man. Right? So so, what do you think about this topic that we're discussing today, prison reform?
2: And everything? well, it's important to me because like you, you know, I got a lot of friends and family that have been through prison, been through the system. And um, although I haven't it myself, it still it still affects me. Mm-hmm. It still affects my family, it still affects my friends. And um, so it's something that I always pay close attention to because, you know, it's it's like I said, it affects me. So the whole prison reform thing I don't get is I'm more concerned about how do you keep, how do you make other options available to, to the youth and to the communities before kids get in the space to where they may end up on that tab to prison. Mm-hmm. Like
1: that's what concerns me more than prison reform, because reform means I'm already in here. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing is also, and I tell these kids, whether you win or lose, your lawyer's going home. That's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. That's true. So my lawyer, you know, you get your pre-sentencing report, right, in the feds before you sentence. And that report tells you everything. The last page is the judgment commitment. Right, so that's where you find out if somebody cooperated or not, right? It's boxes that's either checked or not checked. But it has your family history, your educa- your educational history, everything is in there, right? And you find out how much time you get, like what range. Mm-hmm. So I was in, I think, fifty-seven to seventy one months. So I was in the county jail for five months, I think, before I got to see the judge to be sentenced. Mm-hmm. Gave my lawyer thirty-five grand up front, right? But after going through it, I realized that I would have got less time if I walked in there by myself without a suit on. Here's why. So the day I'm getting sentenced, I flew my family down to Richmond, right? Lawyer came to the back. I was already in custody. I'm at the marshals. He comes in the back. He's talking to me about, you know, what's going to happen, whatever. All right, cool. I already prepared myself for it mentally. I was already in jail. Get out in front of the judge. Judge asked me to stand, and he's giving this long speech, right? And I'm like, man, just get to the math. Like, where the math at, right? Because it's either 57 or 71 months. But being that I had no prior convictions, I should have gotten 57 months, right? I think I was level 28, right? And When he opened his mouth, it was 70 to 87. Yo. And when I tell this story, nobody believes me. So I go ask my moms or my brother because they were there. I said, what? That's not what this say. (laughs) And I looked at my lawyer. I said, where did he get this from? And the lawyer said, uh... Turn around, just shoot! Off. I said, "Man, fuck you, yo!" And the judge is banging the gavel. They threw my mom's out the courtroom. I was like, "Yo, pimp, check this out." I don't know what they took back my acceptance of responsibility and enhanced me, and he didn't tell me. Oh wow! It gets worse. So they gave me the low end of that, which was seventy months, right? Yo, I looked at the prosecution table. They were laughing. I lunged at them. <laughs> Passed out, <laughs> the marshals came in with smelling salts and dragged me out. <laughs> My feet was dragging, I swear to God, right? <laughs> Yo, the first piece of mail I got when I got the Fort dicks, it's a big manila envelope. Opened it. It was an Anders booth. I don't know what that is, right? So I'm going, damn, maybe, maybe they got some time cut. Mm-hmm. So I took it to a jail lawyer. Yo, this whole sucker of a lawyer that took my 35 grand, filed the anders brief with the courts, which protects him from me going to the bar on him. And he sided with the court saying that he feels like everything was done fair, which says he does not support an appeal that I might put in. Yo, listen. Oh, wow. I'm better today, <laughs> but man, did I come home looking for him. Office gone, Bronx. <laughs> yeah, like, who the fuck does that? Right. It's set up. It's a mm-hmm. whole fucking setup. It's bullshit. Everybody went to school with each other. Mm-hmm. They're all down. Mm-hmm. They're all fucking down with each other. It's bullshit. And these kids got to know. It's set up. Mm-hmm. So you running for any, any office now, if you ain't doing shit for them, man... I have no time for you, I don't smoke weed, I don't care if it's legalized or not, I I, I just don't, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. sorry to the people that do, cool, you know what I'm saying, it smells great, I don't smoke, you know, but prison is big business, they're making money, Mm -hmm. right, it's not available for us to make money off of it, right, we're not equipped for that. Mm -hmm. So when a kid gets locked up and goes to jail, oh no, it works for them. Public defender. Doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't care, is not paid, right? Mm-hmm. He has a hundred cases on his law. Right. Bail. 10% property that you have no problem. Right. Right? You got cash, you can't show where the money came from. Right. Nobody's gonna sign your bail, your bail's bump, right? Mm-hmm. It's all a circus act. Right? And if these kids look, Tax on, wow. Great platform, smart kid. Mm -hmm. It happens. If you're engulfed in the stupid shit, stupid shit is going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. So it don't matter what you got going on, which is why I sent you home. Because I've seen that shit too many times. Right? And who's to say that it would have happened? I don't know. But just in case, go home, man. Go home, because this kid is in jail, charged with murder. Come on, man. Fuck that. Right. Jail ain't cool. I don't want to be mad. Right? I like wearing what I what I want to wear. I don't, wanna, I don't look good in khakis. I hate khakis. Yo, when I got the four dicks, and they gave me my laundry issue, and it was khakis, I said, nah, man. With my name here, I don't even like my name. I'm like, yo, fuck. Exactly. That <laughs> shit was torture. No, but you know, when I was in
3: um Great Meadows, I worked in a soap shop. The Core craft. we made the um the, the stuff they used to the mop and what they pay That's what I was about to get <laughs> I already know where you go. Yeah. Every month, my statement, they was $17.82. Like a month. A month, right? Look, but look, one day, and this is the first time I ever I ever really paid attention to this, right? When you get to a statement, your monthly statement, you see, when you, when you get to your your, your your money or your commissary, they give you a monthly statement. On the monthly statement, it shows you get a, you either you got a raise or whatever. I got a raise one time. Ask me how much is my raise was. Two cents. A cent and a half. I don't even know if it's physically possible to get a half a cent. But you got it. But I got a raise for a cent and a half. Like I, I, it was when I when I told when I told my mother she came to visit me, um, a couple of months after I actually, I thought I I I, I, I found something that no one else found. I got a seven and a half raised. I told her. She said, "Boy, you a liar!" Like she looked at me like you're lying. Like you can't be doing this. Right. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't even really. I had to. And that's another thing. Being that I got my GED before I actually went to prison, they made me work. So my thing was. Let me get the best job in here. Thinking, all right, even though I got I got money coming to me from out in the street, so I'll never see that actual seventeen dollars or fifteen dollars. It'll be entwined in two hundred or whatever. Right. But you got people in there that actually live, live over for that. that, right? And they they go hard for that. Like they would tell on you. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Oh tell on you. Oh 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 don't talk about a cent and a half raise. The institution, (laughs) the institution rats, they ain't even telling court. But they in there, they'll write my name on a slip, drop that shit on the floor, (laughs) turn it back and kick it out. I swear (laughs) to God. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you could have went home. You know, like you don't have to be here doing that. Right. It's just a disgusting situations all around the board. And for me, I think I developed a relationship with my father before I left. He was always in the household, but you know, he wasn't the easiest person to get along with. Hmm. And uh we developed a relationship right before I left. And we were cool while I was away on the phone. And we were like this when I got back. But four years after I came back, he died. Mm. Wow. So you talking about shit like that? And I told him, I said, "Man, if I knew you was this cool years ago, we would have went fishing." You no, know, it's hell. Mm-hmm. But jail, man, not fucking cool. And there's some great people in jail—smart feds. Oh man, mm-hmm. I met a lot of good guys, mm-hmm. and I met a lot of idiots too. You know, but you can kind of tell. But you got to pick and choose your surroundings, man. You got to protect your energy, right? So, you see the things that we talk about? These things directly affect us, right? Or someone you know, which affects you too, right? Cool. So, all these people running for office and MSNBC and Fox News, and yo, nothing speaks to me. Everything is as important as it is to somebody. Mm-hmm. But when you start providing training, because, all right, there's a job, but I don't know how to do the job, right? Sure. These kids will put down them guns, put down them drums, and get them a job. Get them a job. So, so, you know, this platform episode is very important to me. Thanks for coming through, brother. Billy Ocean, in the Love show My name, <laughs> Shawn Minot. <Maynard. laughs> yeah, man. Molly Moore, don't go nowhere. You'll be right here. Oh, just yeah, behind the smoke. We're back. Um, this man was responsible for so many. Actually, the birth of neo soul. To tell you the truth. And D'Angelo and Erica Badu, because he was general manager at Kedar Entertainment. If you don't know, do your homework. You can look it up. But he was the guy that cut the checks, just kept everybody in line. You'll never see him at parties, he was just in the office. Okay? This is probably the most dressed-down I ever seen him, <laughs> but it's my man, so he agreed to come on the show. Why? Because Cojo Bento is a lawyer, okay? And this is how we met. Yeah. He cut me my first production check. Right? Absolutely. Cool. Then he went on from there to become the vice executive vice president at Motown Records. And you might be asking yourself, why is he here on this uh, segment of Behind the Smoke, where
0: we're t- discussing
1: prison reform? Simple. Kojo?
0: Simple? I have a felony on my record. Mm. When, I, when I got out of the music industry as a executive I went out back on my own practicing law Mm -hmm. and I ended up with a client who for all intents and purposes was a crook Mm -hmm. and was running some dirty money through my escrow accounts uh scamming people parking into my accounts etc and you know obviously I'm going along thinking these are legit deals because Everything seems legit. I'm negotiating with the other side like it's legit, but it's a dirty deal. And got caught up in the, in the issues. Um, as a lawyer in New York, you have, there's a, a system called imputed knowledge, which mm. means that because you have a certain fiduciary responsibility, which means that you have responsibility not just to your client, but to the public at large, they make you. Either you know or should have known something was wrong. Wow.
1: Yes. So, 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 so now, as a result of that,
0: they took your license. 100%. So I got, I got charged with a felony. And you know what? I, I absolutely have to own it because this guy had been a longtime client. And certainly, I should have done the sort of due diligence I normally do with any other client. But because he had been somebody I'd been dealing with, I probably didn't do everything I needed to. And I own that as a a man, that's my responsibility. And so, you know, but initially the charges they hit me with were ridiculous. Bank fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy, all this other stuff. But luckily for me, I kept impeccable records. And so I was like, look, here's all the evidence of what what we all thought was a legitimate deal, my side and the other side, who he was scamming. Thankfully, I was able to plead down, um, got a shout out. The lawyer I had a gentleman named Stephen Lynch and, you know, was able to get out on a um, five years probation. The long term impact, though, was that absolutely I have a felony on my record. I lost my law license and it certainly impacted my ability to make the type of money I was making. Hmm. But not discouraged because at the end of the day, I believe in myself and I believe in... In my ability to still go out and, and make a, a, earn a living, gainful employment, support my family, et cetera.
1: So now, you know, you've been sitting mm-hmm. in on the segments mm-hmm. and you see how all of these issues are threaded.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because at the end of the day, and I hate saying at the end of the day, but for lack of better words, this felony, these felonies, hmm Right. You're you're kind of affected the same way Absolutely. as the person that sold crack and coke and weed and had a gun. It's a felony. Yeah. Right. So there has to be something that we can do to affect change within our communities, because as a lawyer, you were far removed as an executive. You were far removed from all the inner city bullshit. But guess
0: what? You're affected absolutely I mean, Sean, you hit it on the head. we it's all connected because number one, when you get in the system, I think one of your uh, earlier guests had talked about it you know you you hope being an American that you're going to you know be judged by blind justice. You see the, the statue of the lady with the blindfold on hoping to, holding the scales. that's supposed to be blind justice, you know, but that's not how it is mm. and that's. I I, I witnessed that and was a um, subject of that firsthand. So so
1: now, and not to cut you off, but, you know, so now you've always known my story. Yes. Right? And we've always remained uh, friends. Mm -hmm. Even after you left the music industry and I left and I went away and I came back, we were still cool. But having gone through that, right? Yeah. You kind of look at my situation a lot different. Yeah. I mean, you were compassionate because I'm a friend
0: of yours. Yeah. But after going through that, that had to. Absolutely impacted me because, you know, one thing I'd always thought I was a very uh, open minded, non judgmental guy. But, you know, after going through it, I'm even more so that mm-hmm. because you can't assume anything about anybody. And <laughs> on the flip side, there's such a lack of trust. In the system and I'm using that in a very broad sense of the word not just the criminal justice system but just the you know political system um, the call it the racial injustice system any of that because at the end of the day even though we as citizens in in New York in the United States etc we have the power very rarely do we wield that power mm-hmm. and what do I mean by that Sean I mean you know i think you've hit on it in earlier segments we all can vote mm-hmm. and we we can we can aff- that's the way we start affecting change mm-hmm. at the very base level let's start identifying candidates that support our causes and start voting for them
1: because the fel- having a felony does not uh prevent
0: you from voting absolutely not i mean i'll tell you point blank when i was uh, negotiating my, uh, my plea and sentence, I said, you know what, I wanna, I wanna retain all my rights. Because it was, it was just before, it was early 2012 I went through this. And I knew um, the election was coming up again for Obama. And I was like, I need to vote. I need to retain my vote. So as part of my uh, plea agreement, I was able to walk out with what's called a Certificate for Relief Against Disabilities, mm. which means that even though you're a felon, you still retain certain rights that allow you to, to vote, to get certain uh, government jobs, et cetera. The only thing it prevents me from doing is holding office.
1: Right. But now, that's fine. Yeah. Only because you had knowledge of exactly. that. Exactly. Mm. But now, now I'm sharing it. Right. See? And this is not easily obtained mm-hmm. by these young kids mm-hmm. running around. And that's how you affect change. You have to make them aware. Yes. And the people that speak to them can only be the people that they're listening to. Yeah. Right? So if you are can conduit do it through me, mm-hmm. right? Because if I walk you in, they're going to listen to you. Yep. If you go in there by yourself, Probably not. Right, they might hurt you. Right, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah, you. Know, right? I see. So it's like once I learn, mm-hmm. I teach, mm-hmm. and we don't do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So it, it has to change. Everything has to change. So you guys gotta stay tuned because yeah. this is my mission, and I'm on that Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And and I am man. Listen, this will be the important, the most important show that I do. Right? Because I got to stop this cycle. Yeah. You know? And you will practice again.
0: If I want to.
1: There you go. See? ha. But this has changed your life in such a way that you're going to be used to affect change. And change is probably the most important thing that any of us could ever do with ourselves. Change, growth development, maturity, even something as simple as taking a shower and changing your clothes. Change is all around us. And if you don't change, you're just going to stay the same. Absolutely. You're never going to learn anything new. You're never going to have any new experiences. You're going to be at the same stinky job that you've been at you eight. Right? Absolutely. Who can't relate to change? Everybody can relate to change.
0: The one thing I'll add to to what you're saying, Sean, is there's change, but then there's change that leads to growth. And the change that leads to growth, as you know, and as I know, and as a lot of folks know, can be really, really uncomfortable. It can be scary, it can be daunting, but it is important because we all have to grow. Right. We all have to grow from where we are And if you don't accept that, you'll be
1: forced to grow, Yeah. right? Just like these kids, these young kids that they throwing in jail Mm -hmm. at 16 with grown ass men Mm -hmm. that are never going home, right? And they getting there and they looking at them like a piece of meat, Mm -hmm. okay? And they're in uncomfortable situations. So you gotta know what you're about to throw away, you know? ten minutes, it changed your whole life forever, you know, and I seen it, you know, and I thought I was bad, okay, I still think I'm bad but you want to fight every day they got a place for you where everybody wants to fight every day who wants to do that? listen, the fashion is horrible, I'm telling you, (laughs) and it sounds funny but that's my thing, I like to shop every day Yo, that khaki color, bruh, yeah. I'm so happy you didn't have to go. Yeah. Yo, man, it blew my mind. I don't ever want to see khaki again for the rest of my life. The food you'll eat to survive, and sometimes you won't even know what you're eating, depending on where you're at. Who wants to do that?
0: Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I know you hate saying that, but it is, the bottom line is that, thankfully for both of us, that's in the rear view. And we are now talking about and this is this beyond, behind the smoke platform is a great platform to start really making a meaningful impact as you said start affecting change and i think you got some plans to uh to start making those steps
1: oh yeah for, absolutely for the absolutely youth. this after this this is it so mm-hmm. you know you stay tuned absolutely right subscribe to my youtube page behind the smoke okay and this has been Joe Bento, third episode, Behind the Smoke. See you soon. Pow, pow. Thank you very much. <laughs>